Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day, right alongside you. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you are on some kind of journey and now you're going to be on it with us. Thank you for coming to us. Our quote of the day, once you decide fear isn't an option, you are left with only the choice to change, to shift your consciousness or to take action. Think about it this way. What would you do if you weren't afraid? And then we go one more. I'll tell you who it's from after. One of our greatest strengths is our power to change the way we see things. Once you've made a small change, do it again. Your small changes will lead to great change. Friends, that is from Monica Berg, our guest today. We'll tell you all about her in a second, but Heal Squad, welcome back. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Today, like I said, we're going to be chatting with Monica Berg all about fear and how fear is not a good option for us, (laughs) plus our relationships and the most important relationship of all. And that is with ourselves, how we can overcome fear and build our self-love and self-worth. I think that, uh, Kelsey, you put together a really great roster for the week after Dr. Joe Dispenza. This is so cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Cause it's kind of building off all of it. I know. Right. It kind of, well, it's funny how guests kind of come in. It's either, either I get Pit them pitch to me or I see them, but it's, it, I don't know. Stuff just happens for a reason. I feel like, and us mm-hmm. talking about fear, we've never really like super dove into the subject and I'm excited. I think it's absolutely necessary because fear yeah. holds all of us back. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny with the Dr. Joe stuff and, and thinking about the cup, right. And thinking of where do I want to place my energy and where it was before it was fear, stress, worry, anger, frustration, annoyance, blah, blah, blah. And I was just getting so drained so fast and a little bit of fear has crept in lately. Mm. And so it's a very timely episode for me because, you know, we're getting closer to the kid's journey. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you guys. Yeah. Wait, what? (laughs) You guys Um, gotta know. 
I know. Well, I mean, we're family here, everybody. So I can share with all of you. So uh, our surrogate started her medication this week and she was texting me pictures. She had just gotten back from vacation. She was like, look at the box that arrived. And it was all the box of medications. And I was coaching her through the injection parts. I was like, you need ice, ice the area. Cause she's like, it didn't hurt so bad. And I'm like, oh, just ice it. You'll never feel it again. And so it's starting wow. now we've been here before. True. So nobody get too excited. We've been here before. Yeah. We've done this a lot of times, but, um, this surrogate passed with flying colors in terms of all the tests and stuff. So, um, I think this is going to go fast. I have a feeling that is so exciting. Yeah. So wow. like, let's think about this. If it's June, say, cause we have to do a mock cycle. What a mock cycle is. And by the way, we really need to do an IVF week or something Yeah, uh, for people fertility week. Um, and that's when we should have the Dr. Joe, um, testimonial, the other woman we oh, were going to yeah, have on, Patricia? have her come yeah. on. Yeah. For that one. So, uh, so you do a mock cycle to test the medications on the surrogate. That's how we luckily didn't implant with our last surrogate who I loved. And I'm so sad that that didn't work because she tried so hard for us. Um, they checked to see if the uterine lining will grow to this, to the level that, um, will hold the babies. And that never happened. So if we hadn't done the test, we would have implanted blindly and then maybe lost the babies. Oh, wow. And so we're doing this mock cycle. So I don't know, like you might, we might have to change the medications and might not work the first time, whatever, but like, let's say everything worked and let's say sometime in July or August, we implanted. So let's say oh August. My for fun. Gosh. Okay. So they're already one month old. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that would mean eight months from August, Pooja, you're the smartest math person probably. Right. I'm terrible at this. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm actually Kelsey? really great at math. Thank you very much. Uh, let's count this out. Are you, good, right? are you good yeah. at math, Kelsey? Yeah, I'm actually I'm, great at math. I, I thought you were like me where I... No, I, I'm great at math. Because of the ADD, you have to think <laughs> oh, so hard but to I, figure it out. But I can hyper-focus. So like science... Okay, hyper-focus, please. Science, no. Wait, isn't it it's April? April. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's April. April. So you would have Aries babies? Wow. Whoa. Whoa that's a lot of energy. <laughs> I love my mom's in Aries, so I love them. But April. there's a lot of Tauruses. I mean, Taurus, I have a bad experience yeah, with the Taurus. I'm obsessed no, with Taurus. Tauruses are great. Taurus are some of my favorite people in my the world. My best friend's a Taurus. Yeah. I love Taurus. My <laughs> least favorite person. <laughs> oh, but, God. but we have to remember everybody, as Lisa Donovan <laughs> taught us, it's more about the moon. The sun, yes. sun signs we're used to make money and sell magazines. So it's more mm. about your moon sign. Ooh. So really. So we won't know till the time. But we, Maria, we do have an astrologer coming up um, in the next month or so. So hopefully the okay. mock cycle is done by that because we could talk to her about it. That would be interesting. Oh I'm dying. That would be um, I'm more curious about this hyper focus thing. Is oh, that God. an ADD like trait? Yes. yes, absolutely. Like if you, if I, I can like uber hyper focus on something like nothing can get to me, but everything else, uh -uh, unless I'm like super, super obsessed or passionate about it, it's like really hard for me. And I have to like huh. trick myself into focusing. But yeah, if it's like something like when I would have to study for tests, I would have to like, I would like lock myself in a room and I could like 
hyper focused for like, I don't know, hour or two. And then I'd be good. Yeah. That's how I kind of was like, I had to have quiet and just like, you know, people can like study with music and all that. I'm like, I I, I can't. No way. No way. I think I'm like, are you lying to yourself? There's no way. I mean, maybe some people, but that was not. Pooj, I would have thought you were one of those people that could study with music. No, I like need, I need quiet. Quiet. I can't concentrate if there's other things going on. I get too distracted. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, Okay. Well, math was my (laughs) toughest. I was, I it's not that I'm not good at math. It's just, it requires too much focus. It's like so much for me to like have to, I can do my percentages because I got embarrassed when I was at Dunkin' Donuts and I didn't know how to do change back in the day when I was 13 and I had to get good at it because I never wanted to feel like that again. Um, so, you know, I got good at change and percentages for tips and that, but otherwise I'm like, Oh, that's so funny. I remember why (laughs) I'm good at percentages because my mom told me that if I could figure out the percentage off of something at the store, she would buy it for me. So I got really good good at percentage. I know. I was like, I want that shirt. She's like, great. Okay. It's 20% off. You tell me what it is. I'll buy it. And I was like, nice. So I got works. Yeah. It really does work. <laughs> Will she still do it now? Uh, no, I wish. I, I, should, try, I should try that. <laughs> Deb, I want a new shirt. Can I tell you the percentage? Right. <laughs> right. Come on, mom. That's funny, though. It's it's like, it's just crazy how we remember those certain things. Like, you remember the Duncan yeah. thing. I don't know. It's wild. But yeah, no, so, science? Uh-uh. Don't even ask oh, me anything about that. But see, science. science for me was easier because, well, anything with memorization was good for me. Oh, yeah. I'm not so I got A pluses in anything I could just memorize. Mm, yeah, I'm the same <laughs> way. I like, I, I just hate math. And if I hate something, I can't do it. Like, I just, I quit in my mind. But science, yeah, I didn't yeah. hate and yeah. I can memorize it. I don't have to actually do anything. I just, I had a tutor facts. for math. I finally got a tutor. She went to Tufts University. Her name is Maya. And she would tutor me because I was like, I, I would have honor roll outside of math. And I was like, no, F that. So I would like fight to get a B minus. Um, so I could stay on some kind of role. I mean, let's um, be honest. We were all probably our best in English. Like, yeah. I mean, of we course. all crushed it in the English world. English. Maybe. No, I, I, I mean, loved English. I mean, I got all A's and B's. So I don't know why I'm complaining. It was just, it was hard. I was always <laughs> yeah, two to yeah. year two to three years behind everyone else in reading and comprehension because Greek was my first language. Um, So like the story of my life, I always had to work 10 times harder than everybody else, but look at where it got me. Mm -hmm. So I was used to working that much harder than everybody. Um, uh, Side note, queen, um, the backyard's coming together here. And I think by 4th of July weekend, all of our front gate furniture is going to be up. Wow. So I am so excited. I like, we have like the couch sets, the patio table, the lounge chairs, like we're really transforming it here into a nice kind of oasis so that we can restore and relax here. And I am pumped. My dresser is coming next week. I have all my clothes and trash bags in my closet. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, all the clothes that were in my old dresser. Um, because you know, I got rid of it. I didn't want to see it anymore. Hilarious. So yeah, I have all my, my workout clothes, all my sweats, everything's in trash bags, but next week, all of that comes together (laughs) and then some final pieces and then Connecticut will have transformed into kind of more of our, our thing here. Exciting. 
Yeah. I'm happy yeah. for you guys. That's great. So cool. You know, it's funny because now I want the same front gate furniture in LA because in LA, we have the wrought iron chairs and moving them is so hard. And then the handles burn because they're black and they're so hot in the sun. And these chairs are like wooden, no handles, really cushiony, delicious, you know, cushions. And I'm like, oh God. (laughs) You're like, I need these. (laughs) But the truth is I want to spend my summers here. So I guess technically I'll be really sitting in them here more than I ever would there. That's true. Only it's like summer all year round here. So, you know. But you should see my dad. He's like building the deck back there. My dad's 78 this year. And he's out there like a beast, like building this deck um, slowly but surely you know, and, uh, and it's just going to be really pretty. I can't wait to have it all kind of done and be able to set up like, you know, the outdoor area rug and the umbrellas and the, all the stuff and have a really fun barbecue to celebrate. Oh, I love it. So exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you will figure out when you want to come out based on when it's done. Love it. Yes. All right. Enough small talk. We got to get to fear. Let's be afraid. Let's be afraid. (laughs) You're like, I live in fear all the time. No, I used to live in fear all the time. I'm really, I've gotten a lot better. Okay. Well, Monica is going to help us all get better at it. She is an international speaker, spiritual thought leader. She is the author of Fear is Not an Option and Rethink Love. She serves as chief communications officer for the Kabbalah Center International and makes it her mission to show people how to take care of themselves, not just physically, but emotionally too. Um, She believes that everyone has the power to create the life that they desire. And she wants to show others how they can create a life that not only feels like it's working, but most importantly, a life, let me put this on my laptop, a life in which they are living and loving as the powerful, fulfilled person they've always wanted to be. So we'll take a quick break. We come back, Monica Burke. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content. And a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community? Or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment. And we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Um, so Monica, you are the fear expert. Tell me what brought you to this work. I suppose I got tired of being afraid myself, really. I, um, I got to a point in my life where perhaps my worst fear came true and I hadn't realized that that would that is what it was. And that was when my second child was born. Um, a few hours after his birth, we found out he had down syndrome 
And at that point in my life, I'd been living a spiritual existence. I understood cause and effect. I understood purpose, uh, but it really shook me. And it made me reconsider everything that I thought that I knew. And even if you're living a conscious existence, which I think more and more people are today, or at least striving to do so, you often think that you know something until you're really challenged, right? To see how much you really understand it, how much you're really living it. I think often we learn things in life and we understand them in the way that we need to, to survive at the time. And so when that happened, um, I realized ultimately that the greatest fear that we all have, which is universal, is fear of the unknown. And not only did I not know the child that was growing inside of me, right? We all assume we're going to have a healthy, typical child, but also then when he was born, who would he become? And all I heard on the day he was born was all the things that he wouldn't be able to do, all of his limitations. And so I really had to challenge myself to first really remove fear and learn to eradicate fear. And then also understand that it's all an illusion. You know, who, after all, do we really know? We just don't find out about those things on the first day they were born, right? When they're 20, 30, even if it's not just your children, your friends, yourself even, right? You're like, oh my God, I thought I was something else or I thought they were something else and I was wrong. So it really just made me change the way that I lived my life fully to be somebody who now calls herself a change junkie and who really challenges any fear with the, um, with the desire to really transform. Oh my God, there's so much in there. I'm going to write change junkie down so we can get to that after. But um, when you say it's all an illusion, what do you mean? Because I I have a quote from a wrestler that I love. He's like, so what? Whatever he whatever someone would throw at him, he'd say, so what? Maybe it's an optical illusion. And so we <laughs> use that as like a primer and as a motivator for us. But what do you mean by it? By the way, I love that you're quoting wrestling. I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> So um, I started studying Kabbalah when I was 17 years old. And one of the main tenets of Kabbalah is that we live in the illusionary world. There's something called the 1% reality versus the 99% reality or realm. So 1% reality is really what we all take very seriously and, and falsely, really. Um, it's what we can see with our five senses, what we taste, hear, smell, things that attract us, things that we think are important. Ego falls into that category. And all of those things that we work really hard for, right? That people remember our names, that we will be known, whatever it is that really seems important to you. And then there's the 99% realm, which is all the things that we can't see. It's what's making it a possibility for us to speak in different cities or states, right? We know that there are waves and there's frequencies and we rely on them to work. We don't really understand how they work. We don't see them, but we know they exist. That's really the same thing. The 99% realm is are the things that really matter. It's rooted in kindness and empathy and growth and transformation and understanding that really the main goal of our existence is to leave this world very differently than how we came into it. Really, that is our purpose. And so when you start to live life in that way, right, you don't get stuck um, or uh, hopeless or settle for the wrong things in life. So, yeah, because I guess if you're focusing on that involvement, you know, that that involvement only comes with pain, right? Like, unfortunately through pain is where your growth is going to come. So then maybe it makes it easier as those hurdles come knowing that you're on that path. Yes, but not just easier. It makes it something that you almost 
look forward to. And let me, let me unpack that a little bit because not everybody has to go through pain to change, but certainly those deep fundamental profound changes that occur more quickly and more immediately are the ones that really hurt us. Like the example I gave, right? Something we didn't expect in our wildest dreams of all the things that I was worried about in life happening. Certainly that was never the one thought that I ever had, right? And all the other things we worry about actually never happen. Again, that's that illusionary existence where we end up wasting time, thought and energy on absolutely the wrong things instead of pursuing the life we were meant to. So then what happens if you start to change your consciousness and shift your mindset from a fixed one to a growth mindset, then when things are difficult in small and big ways, then you're like, okay, well, there's an opportunity for me here. There's something that it's, it's happening in my movie. I'm seeing it because there's a great way that I can grow and change because I meant to become better the best version, the most evolved version of myself, one that I can't even comprehend from who I am today. And if you preface it that way, I think it's really inspiring. And then when little things happen, like you missed your flight, um, and maybe that's not little for some people, but that's really little for me at this point, or traffic, or even if your plans get changed right away, you're looking for, okay, what's the opportunity here? And when you practice that, you actually become very free. It's the most freedom I've ever experienced. For instance, I got a call the other day and I had an appointment and I was on another call and I could see on my phone that that was coming in. And already I'm thinking, oh, I guess they're canceling. And I was looking forward to it. What am I going to put in that block of window, that time now? I could do something else. Like it's so automatic that I'm not even having an emotional reaction to the disappointment. And, and everybody can get to that place. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Oh, okay. Before I forget, changed junkie. The change junkie, um, it's interesting because I think most of us come into this world as a same junkie. You know, we want things to be the same. We work really hard to get the things that we have, right? It's how we're conditioned. It's the way that we grow up. It's the culture that we're in. So for instance, you know, you, you often, one would mirror their parents for good or bad. So if you grew up in a home that didn't have, that might seem like the most important thing is to have monetary things. Also, if a family placed high value on those things, you might also think that that is the ultimate currency for happiness in life. But in reality, you know, it, it's, it's really a, a, a life of curiosity and self-exploration. It's about understanding that you are meant to go to places you cannot even comprehend or imagine. So, if you see it that way, then you wake up in the morning with a plan, you have goals, but then when they don't happen, then you realize, right? Let's say it's a big goal. Well, maybe that wasn't supposed to be the outcome, but everything I learned in the process is really the purpose. 
again, what an expansive way to live life. And I think that for most, again, we just fear change. And that's why fear and change go hand in hand, because we think that, wait a second, I did really well in school. I got the best grades so I could go to the best school so I could drive a flashy car and have a nice home and have great things. But why am I still not happy? So everybody's going to get to that place in life. I don't care what you have, what you don't have, where you are not satisfied because it's never going to be enough. And that's the importance of having this kind of awareness and consciousness that change is the only constant in life. And therefore, I should really invest a lot of time into thinking about who I want to become, into getting more comfortable with things that will change because they will forever. Because guess what? If you think that things are going to stay the same when you turn 70 or even in your 50s, you're going to be like, wait a second, I never anticipated this part of my life and I'm really uncomfortable. So as uncomfortable as change might be, the the, the stagnation, right? Staying the same is by far more uncomfortable. So it sounds like you're getting a lot of your kind of happiness from change. Yes. And it doesn't seem like it should be like that. It's quite, it's, it's kind of upside down. Right. But that's the truth because I'm not fighting what is instead I'm, I'm looking for the gift and the opportunity. We were just talking about that. Um, dealing with what is. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. Um, so you say there are three types of fear. Will you go through those for us? Yes. So there is healthy fear, there is real fear, and there's illogical fear. Because I think it's really important also to be able to name your fear. When we put fear in one big bucket, it becomes very overwhelming. And then you don't know where to start. And then you you make it this big kind of mountain that's insurmountable. And then you just you stay paralyzed in that fear, that emotion. So healthy fear is exactly like it sounds. It's set up for our survival and our protection. It's there to keep us safe. So for instance, if you were you're going on a hike and you walk too close to the edge of a cliff, right? Your heart starts racing, your stomach gets butterflies, you step back and it's there really to protect you. Same thing. If you go too close to an open flame, you have a reaction. All of those things, our bodies are set up in that way to keep us safe. Um, It's interesting because recently I did a workshop with teenagers on this idea. And I was really interested to see what kind of fears they had at age 13, 14, 16. And they have many of the ones that adults are stuck on like rejection, um, need for approval, wanting to be part of a group. But it makes sense because it goes back to ancestral times where if we really, for instance, were you know on our own, we would die because we needed to be with a group to survive. So the idea and the fear of ostracized to be feeling ostracized makes sense, right? But you have to know that in today, we're just running on very old software. That's not, we can survive on our own. You know, we need to be with people, obviously for loneliness, it's not very healthy. But um, again, those fears that come up for us are rooted in that. And my nine-year-old daughter was at that workshop and she said, I have a question. If we never knew the word fear, would we be afraid? Which I thought was pretty profound. And it goes back to that again. Yes. DNA, ancestral things, for sure we would. So healthy fear, I'm okay with, right? It's there to protect us. And that's kind of connected to intuition, which we can go into in a minute. Um, Then there's real fear. Real fear is based in reality. It's being afraid of things like death or illness or losing our loved ones. These are things that happen, right? But even with that fear, we can use it as a motivator for change. So if that's the case, let's say if we're afraid of illness, we can make sure we live a healthier lifestyle where we eat well, we sleep enough, we exercise, um, we get blood work done yearly, whatever that looks like for you. Or even if we are afraid of losing our parents, 
you know, spend the time really enjoying them, telling them you love them instead of complaining or, you know, doing things begrudgingly, like really just to be there and be present. So with real fear, I'm okay with that too, as long as you understand how to use that energy in a way that is supportive. And then there's illogical fear. And this is where most of us are. We 99% of our fears are illogical. It's the things that keep us paralyzed, that stop us from writing the book we want, that stop us from public speaking or, or saying our dreams outside or really exploring them. Um, it's fear of failure. It's fear of spiders and elevators and snakes. I mean, fill in the blank. That's And that's the fear that we can eradicate because that does not serve us. That is there to really keep us small, and stop us from really changing and growing in the way we're meant to. Keep us small. Kelsey, what were we just talking about yesterday? Literally that. Oh my this God. Um, we're I'm a psychic about- too. <laughs> it's just, it's. That's very funny. It's I love wild. Synchronistic. Yeah. So, so I think a lot of us, you know, suffer with that. How do you get out of it? So there's many tools. I think first, you have to have the desire not to want to be in that place anymore. I think a lot of people go through life and they think that some are lucky and I'm unlucky. And you have to understand, and like all of those illusions, right? Those kinds of negative belief systems. The only thing that keeps you from seeing all the opportunities in front of you is fear. So obviously it's, you're going to feel unlucky because you simply cannot see what's right in front of you. There's been many tests of, um, you know, they'd have a gorilla run in, in the room, you know, a man dressed in a gorilla suit, and they asked them to focus on something else. And they were so focused on counting how many signs there were in the room, they didn't even see the gorilla come in the middle of the screen. And it, it just gives another example of the illusionary world we live in. We simply cannot see when our mind is preoccupied with something else. So that's the first thing. Um, the Which second, why I hate multitasking. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm working on a third book and I'm really kind of struggling. I have a lot more responsibility and I'm, I'm kind of understanding now where I'm feeling like, well, I don't feel as efficient as I was, but I'm like, wait a second, you're doing a thousand more things than you were. And I'm also not wanting to do those things. So I'm like in the middle of this, but that's a whole different other topic. Mm-hmm. It's cleanup time. I, I swear. Um, yeah. So I'm in the middle of that, but uh, the first thing, again, I think is is that, and then to name your fear, right? Um, if you're able to give a name to it, then it's not that scary because it's not, again, somewhere out there in the unknown. And I'm afraid of everything because you're just reacting to a feeling, right? To your stomach, your heart racing, whatever the case may be. So it's really to identify it. I think also another tool is to create a fear mantra. So instead of, um, or rather an anti-fear mantra, Instead of, let's say you were afraid of public speaking, instead of the the thing in your mind over and over again is that people are going to think I'm a fraud or they're going to think I'm stupid or they're not going to understand me or I'm going to make a fool of myself, right? We're very good at the negative dialogue that we have. Instead, the anti-fear mantra would be, I really believe in what I'm going to say. I have a strong desire to put myself out there in the universe. It's going to be great. And even if I reach one person, that's a first step, right? It's to get our, our, mm-hmm. our place our state to being not rooted in all of the negative and the fear and the what ifs, but rather what is it that I want it to be? That's funny. I just did a whole episode about kind of standing in your power and how I used the, I got my confidence from my intention when I spoke recently in public and it changed the entire game for me. And, and it was like mind blowing the results. So I think those are great tools. I wonder if you could explain naming your fear a little bit more, because 
Am I naming an individual fear and how am I naming it? What does that process actually look like? Well, you can give me an example of a fear you have if you want. I think that, um, again, I think people are just afraid of the unknown, right? Um, will will this happen to me? And it's usually the things mm-hmm. that we're most terrified of. So I think instead of the living in the past, right, we're afraid of something that had happened to us or something that we saw happen to somebody in our family, living in that space. And instead of living in the future, well, what if this happens? What if it doesn't happen? To really take your place, your your self to the place of the present. Where am I right now in this moment? What is within my control, right? There's many things we cannot control or influence at all. The one thing that you can is your perspective. It's how you view things. It's how you see your life. And I think that people underestimate that power. You you know, a thought is just a thought and you can change that thought at any time, but you you must be willing to see it. So if you have a fear of, um, let's say- Your kids being born sick. Okay. Right. So I never had that fear and and that is ultimately what happened. I think that need to get to a place where, again, in my life, there will be many things that I can control and many that I cannot. And that would be one of them. So you have to look at your life as a whole out of all of the things that I can do, right. With this child being born the way they were living a life of fear. Right. And I remember when Josh, that's my, my second son, I was like, what's going to happen when he goes through puberty? Who's going to help him? Because I had a fear of schizophrenia. My, my uncle became schizophrenic when I was eight. It seemed like it was overnight. I thought it was contagious. I used to hold my breath when I walked by him. And then for the rest of my life, until I wrote my book, when I would walk by homeless people who were speaking to themselves, even if I was on a long distance run and like deep into it, like in the 18th mile, I would hold my breath then. Like fear had a hold on me so tightly. And it does that for most of us, for all of us really, unless you challenge it. So when Josh was born, I remember thinking of all the things that he had to have, why his mind, right? Because that was what I was afraid of, that I wouldn't be able to connect to him, that I wouldn't understand him. And I also had shame that he came from my body. And I'm speaking completely transparently because I was able to change all of that. When he, when I caught all those thoughts, I thought, wait a second, as spiritual as you think you are, this is not the person that you want to be. And this isn't enough for you. I was shocked that that's where I had gone to in my mind. So I had to really reprogram the way that I thought and really love myself even more deeply. And I don't ever feel shame or guilt or blame now. These are emotions that are never in my reality ever. So everything's possible, but you have to be willing to know, you have to believe that that's the truth. And then you need to be able to challenge your perspective. And there's questions you can ask yourself, like, you know, how can I I shift where I'm at for me to see that, you know, to not be a victim, and to see it as an opportunity, you know, you, still, you have to have this dialogue with yourself where you really become your best friend. You're like an investigator at the same time to really delve deep into why you're reacting the way you do to certain things. So did you name your schizophrenia fear? Well, ultimately what I understood with my, my big ones were, um, yeah, the first one was schizophrenia, right? That was the first time I really was just terrified, really. And, and nobody explained it to me, none of the adults. And by the way, you know, as an adult now, I can tell you it wouldn't make me feel better because, you know, there's pre-genetic disposition. I feel like, oh my God, I mean, it would have still scared me in different ways. Um, and then I had anorexia when I was 17. And again, terrified. I, I was afraid of, 
of never being happy, of never finding love, of never loving myself. But ultimately in all those fears, and then even with Josh, it's all come down to the fear of the unknown. What if this bad thing happens and I don't know what to do and I can't survive or I can't overcome it? That's really what fear is. I mean, you can think about any fear you have. What's the ultimate outcome we're afraid of is I will be alone. I will be sad. I will be hopeless and helpless. Mm -hmm. And none of that is true unless you let it be. So fear, honestly, like any emotion, especially any negative emotion, is there to make us aware of something we need to pay attention to. It's there as a tool and it's ultimately a gift. The problem is we give it too much energy. When a person's Mm -hmm. angry, they think, oh, I'm an angry person. I need anger management courses. Or I'm sad. I need to go on antidepressants right away. And of course, there's a time and place for everything. I'm not saying for somebody who really has a severe diagnosis of anything, but for the most part, we can really challenge ourselves and say, okay, I'm not any of those things. I'm feeling those emotions. I'm not going to become the emotion. What is my opportunity here? What is my option? And that's why I named the book Fears on an Option, because if fear is no longer an option, you're going to ask yourself, what is? Wow. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, dot com promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. So when Josh was born, was that when you, did you know before that he was going to be born that way? No. So it was a surprise. It was a shock. Yes. So for someone who had been so spiritual and had been doing the work, and I feel like I've been doing that same work, I want to share with people what those initial times are like, because I know I will still have moments when something hits where it takes me a minute to get back up. Like Rocky hits you in the face 
or Tyson hits you in the face, you get knocked down. Might take a minute to get back up and get back into your your flow. Um, what was that like for you? And and how long did it take you to kind of find your way back? Or did you not? I don't know. Well, I love the question because I think that when you get knocked down, the the idea is to get yourself back up, but to get yourself back up in a different way. I don't think that Rocky or Tyson would do the same exact move again because they had learned something from it, right? And and they learned it because, wow, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think that doing this would lead to that outcome. Now, I didn't do anything to have a child with a disability. Um, but what I understood is that I am forever changed by this moment. And what my free will is, what my option is in that moment is to decide how I'm going to be changed. And that's the powerful idea there. And that's what everybody can come to. So first understand that you will forever be changed by a life quake. Any life quake you go through, big or small, a change is going to occur. Your life will never be the same from anything, right? Even if you run into a, something so mundane, you run into somebody in the street and you have a small exchange and you have a thought that you didn't have before. We're changed all the time by different experiences. So in understanding that, I decided that I wasn't going to be a person that felt helpless and hopeless and like a victim. I also decided that I wasn't going to be a person that was going to live her life in fear for the rest of her life because this scary thing happened to her. Instead, I decided to embrace Josh and embrace myself. And I got really excited about discovering who he could become and subsequently who I would become as being his mother. And it was the most profound, powerful change I have ever experienced. It changed me as a wife, as a mother, as a friend, as a teacher. I, I never would have been a public speaker or an author or as empathetic as I am able to be now, which again, to where I want to be ultimately, I hope I'm not even scratching the surface today, but that's the key. I think it's not just how do I get up? It's to understand fully you are now changed. What do you want to change into? Wow. I think that's amazing. Because, you know, it's there's so much self-help. There's so much information out there. And I feel like we all feel like we have to be perfect at all of it and at all times. And you know, those tools that we put in our belt, we're supposed to pull them out and just be amazing and just keep on going. And so I, I share it because I know that no matter what kind of expert you are or how high up on the guru list you are, you are going to get knocked down. But I've never heard anybody say what you just said, which is you are changed. And who do you want to change into? Um, because I have life altering moments where I, I look back at a photo and I remember that moment was my last moment of that life where it's like, I remember this shot of me on the set of E! News hosting and I'm wearing these pink uh, red pants with a pink top and I'm super happy. And the next day my mom was diagnosed with glioblastoma. And I look back at that photo all the time and there's definitely a loss because that girl now has a whole new burden. And I know that a lot of us have those moments and I've had more since uh, where I'll look back and be like, oh, more, more loss in those moments, but there is gain. It just takes a second to get there. And it takes a second to figure out what that gain is. You know, one of my favorite quotes that I learned at Tony Robbins was life is happening for you, not to you. Mm -hmm. And 
that's been an incredible tool in the challenging times. But I never want anybody to think that they're a failure in those moments when they are down and they are grieving those moments because it's hard. I love your vulnerability and I, I love what you're saying. It's such a great, it's, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. I look back at photos too. And it's interesting because people lost, actually the book I'm working on, it was called Change Junkie and now it's Change Grief and Loss because I lost my father a year ago and he had a cognitive decline for eight years before that, which, you know, he was different every time I met him pretty much. And sometimes he knew me and sometimes he didn't. Um, and then a year before that, I lost my mother-in-law, who was also my spiritual mentor. So, you know, you are changed by every experience. And sometimes, like I said a little bit earlier in our conversation, I'm in the middle of a little bit of a life quake and I'm not really, I don't feel fully grounded yet. You know, I even ruptured my tendon eight months ago because I felt, so, I mean, it's body, mind and spirit. Right. And I was like, I need to move forward, but I'm, I want to go back and I'm not, you know, it was that internal struggle. And, um, and I always say to people, I don't want to be anybody's guru. I, I don't have everything figured out. I think I put a lot more energy perhaps into doing this work than maybe many. And it's my sole desire really. And that's what drives me every single day. You know, when I wake up, when I go to sleep, um, but I'm not above life experiences. None of us are. It's, it's, you know, we're all humans doing the best that we can and it's going to be messy and it's meant to be messy. And it's how it's the, you know, if you look at like um, when my little one went to kindergarten, her teacher would always say a great day is a messy day. And I think that's absolutely true. You know, if you mix <laughs> all the colors together and, and you have no idea what you're painting and then you look at it and you're like, wow, that looks really great. I never saw those two colors mixed exactly like that ever. And you'll see something beautiful you could never see before, especially in yourself. And then you feel really great in your skin. And then no matter what happens, everything kind of makes sense. Mm, I love that. I love life quake too. Oof. Yeah. That's a, a great way to kind of categorize different moments. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I'm in a life quake right now. It'll be fine, but I'm in a life quake. Yeah. Come back in a week. I think also, you know, it's, it's human nature. We come into the world and we think that nothing bad, I don't like the word bad, but nothing that we don't want will ever happen to us. And then of course, as you get older, you're like, well, yeah, no, that's just not true. And this happened and that happened. But then as you get older and older and you experience more and more things, you know, you really need to try to work on having this growth mindset, because if not, it's, it's really easy to live a life where you just feel quite unhappy and stuck and unsatisfied. And out of control and, mm -hmm. and victim mm -hmm. too, right? Because you know, whenever something bad happens or challenging happens, um, I know that there's something better on the other side. Doesn't mean I can fully wrap my arms around it in the first moments, but I know that something better is on the other side. And, and I know that when you are on these kind of deep growth paths, more is going to probably happen to you because you're meant to get to the other side and show people that new four minute mile or whatever it is, that new way to go through things. Like I laughed my way through a brain tumor. I tell people all the time, like I used comedy through the whole thing. And I showed people that there was another way to go through something that was really challenging is like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Sit here and cry about it. I'm just gonna, you know, 
use comedy must rule. That was the, that was the new line in the house. That was comedy. very, very brave. Thanks. Well, I knew mine was probably not cancerous and my mom's was, so I knew what real bad was. And, you know, I think that, I think that sometimes more is going to happen. Like my dad will say, sometimes he'll start to break down and he'll say, why so many things to our family, Maria? And I'm like, dad, Mike, cause we have more. And why, why not us? Everybody's going through stuff. And that's the other thing I think we all think we all think it's just us. And when you look around, whether you know everything or not, because by the way, everybody doesn't know everything. There are so many struggles that people are going through, whether it's publicly, privately, um, and, and they'll never tell you, or maybe they'll tell you some of them and not all of them, but everyone's got them. There's no one who's going to come out of this life without problems and challenges. Absolutely. And that's why I speak so candidly. And it sounds like you do as well about the things that have happened to me and vulnerably and people like, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, you know, me sharing that didn't actually, I I felt didn't change anything for me because I, I went through it and I understood something from it. And I want to help people give themselves permission to be able to do that for themselves also. So for me to share anything really, that's very deep and personal is like telling you I have brown hair. It's not, you know, it's, yeah. I understand <laughs> the the bigger reason for it. And I think yeah. to your point, you know, we're all so we're more similar than we are different. And instead we just focus on the differences and what a, what a shame really, because we have so much that we can offer one another and learn from each other. And, um, as you we were speaking, I remember, uh, when, so when, after I had Josh, I got pregnant with my third child three months later. And I did that intentionally because I thought that I would, if, you know, I was so consumed, I was very anxious at the time. I thought if I give this too much time, I might be too afraid to actually get pregnant again. Um, and, or my body will just get that feedback anyway, even if I try and it just won't happen. Right. So I, I dove straight into it. And, um, I thought, you know, I want to change my OBGYN. My doctor was amazing, but I just, it was very fresh. Right. And I didn't like the way he handled it, like in the days after, but it wasn't his fault. And he was a really great doctor, but I thought, okay, well, let me just shop around a bit. So I went to three different doctors. One was so old. I wasn't sure he'd still be alive by the time I gave birth. <laughs> um, the second one smelled of like anchovies. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even stand the appointment. I was like, absolutely not. And then the third was the most entertaining at my expense. Um, so I walk into her office and she has frog figurines all over her office, like on the shelf, on her coat, on her desk, like everywhere, like hundreds staring at me. Right. <laughs> and I go on to tell her about my history and, um, you know, that I have, a, I have two children already and pregnant with my third. And I just given birth and Josh and the whole thing. And she looks at me and my husband was sitting next to me and she says, you with your shit luck, no more baby for you. And I look at her and I'm like, I'm thinking, wait, she doesn't understand maybe that I am actually pregnant already. Right. So I said, no, 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 I'm pregnant, baby. I'm pregnant already. Be nice. <laughs> and she's like, no more baby for you. I was like, I cannot, my husband left the, he was laughing so hard. He just like literally walked out of the office and I'm just standing there like stunned really. And I ended up going back to my other doctor, but I think but that, she meant it. Oh, she absolutely meant it. I don't know what she wanted me to do, but yeah, she, and I, yeah, she did. 
because she believed in this idea of lucky versus unlucky. And to your point with your father, like, you know, that's not that you're unlucky or why is this happening? It's that things are going to happen in life and it's our responsibility and our, our choice really to say, okay, how can I derive some kind of purpose, some kind of meaning from this? something, some light in it, because I can't change what is. Certainly we can do things to get rid of disease and to get rid of, but to to be able to stay in a state that is connected and joyous is so important. Wow. Oh my God. I can't even believe you had to go through that. Yeah. Talk about like trying to move past fear Uh and then being slapped in the face by a doctor with it. (sighs) That's intense. But I, I took your approach. I was like, I'm going to laugh about this and he's <laughs> nuts and that, that's it, you know? Um, but certainly if I had still been in that victim state at that time, I probably would have been like, oh my God, she's right. You know, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Yeah. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. I guess like when you do have a fear like that, right? Like for example, I was calling my um, fertility doctor just the other day. I'm like, should we, should we test the embryos again? Like for, for diabetes? Cause my dad's diabetic and you're just afraid because you don't want anybody to go through the pains that you've seen, right? How do you get past knowing that you have control over bringing them in or not? Well, this is where certainty comes in. And I don't mean certainty in the state of being, um, feeling safe or secure because That's how some people understand certainty, but certainty in that whatever will ultimately be is for your greatest good. And it's really leaning into the unknown completely. It's that because we can do, you know, you're going to test the embryos, you're going to do everything that you can do, right? But then it gets to a point, as you're saying, where it actually could be harmful. And where's the sense in that, right? So then it has to go to a place that I know that I'm destined for greatness. But this, you have to do the work before of like self-love and really giving yourself feedback and being kind to yourself and, and doing all the things that we've talked about so far together, where then you are able to say, I've done everything in my ability, and now I'm just going to let go and trust the creator. And I really did that with all of my pregnancies and deliveries, because that was where fear showed up for me in a big way in each and every one. And then finally, the fourth time I was able to really remove fear completely and give birth in a way that I felt like I was the creator. I was co-creating. I was part of that energy and that certainty. And it was the most powerful experience of my life. Well, one of them anyway, maybe most. Yeah. Do you feel, or, or can you explain how 
Josh has changed you and, and um, yeah, I'll ask the second one after. In so many ways. I mean, I think that all the things that I've studied through Kabbalah, he really allowed me to experience it and understand it more fully. Um, he's an example for me of what's real. He's part of the 99% realm. And he puts in clear focus for me what all the other illusions are about. And um, I'm writing children's books. Uh, I'm very inspired by by my family and in a creative way. So I wrote my, we've written 10. So the first wow. one's coming out in the fall. That's um, a lot. I know I'm like that. If when I get something, when I get excited about something, I'm like really excited. And then I'm all in and then I push pause and I, obviously I'll release them slowly, but you know, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Um, so the first book is called the gift of being different. And that's about my youngest Abigail who got diagnosed with dyslexia a year ago. And it's about really embracing the things that you feel ashamed about because she admitted that she felt stupid or whatever we, cause we all have that, whether you have a diagnosis or not. Right. And to really understand that your uniqueness is your superpower and to really embrace that. So the second book is about uh, kindness and it's really also about down syndrome. So what Josh taught me is that, you know, for most of us, we take for granted all the things that we can do automatically right? Like tie our shoes, drive a car, live independently. And um, Josh can tie his shoes, but he can't do the other two. And perhaps he won't be able to. Um, but what he has naturally is kindness. And we have to work very, very hard to even be a little bit like him. Mm -hmm. So who, who really has it backwards here? You know, he's, he really is the kindest human I've ever seen. If he was starving and he was about to take his first bite of food and he saw that you were hungry and he didn't have, he would give you his plate gladly without a second thought. So pure. I went to, um, I stumbled upon a little restaurant here in Connecticut. Uh, it's called the Victorian and they Where hire in Connecticut? people. Uh, I think it was called Plainfield, Connecticut, actually. And they hire, it's part of a 501c3 and they hire people with different kinds of disabilities. Beautiful. And it was the most beautiful experience. And um, it was just like, I was just filled with like pureness everywhere, serving the food, coming up to say, hello, how are you doing? And of course the food was amazing too, to boot, which is like, oh, okay. Um but it was really such a beautiful experience. And I, I grew up with someone with Down syndrome in my church. And so I've had a lot of experience with it. And it is, it's just pure. Um, they're pure. And so he's a reminder for me every day of like, you know, his day it would be, he'd have a fulfilling day if he just made somebody feel good in that day or just, you know, good morning, giving a hug, like in the, and the simplicity in the most beautiful way, like we, that's, those are all the things that we have to remind ourselves to do. You know, we're mostly ruled by ego in and out of every single day. And uh, so I think that's the, the biggest gift that he gives me daily, but bigger than that in a, in a big picture way. Um, it's like, he put an imprint on me that really did change me. I, I don't think that I'd be living the life the way that I am if I had not had him. I don't, I know my marriage wouldn't have been what it is. We're going on 25 years in August 
if we didn't have Josh, but we chose that because if you look at statistics, most families who have a child with special needs end up in divorce because it's too much pressure for us. It broke down any barrier that we had. We were vulnerable in a way that we never would have been able to, if we had not had that shared experience. He's also been such a gift to his siblings. They didn't know that he had down syndrome uh, until they discovered it for themselves because we didn't raise him any differently. We never treated him like he was different. And I remember when my oldest was about 10 and he's an Aquarius, so he's kind of flighty anyway, but he was like, why is Josh different? And, you know, how come he can't do this or that? And I, I did preface it with, and I do believe this, that, you know, you're better at, you know, riding a bike and he's better at basketball and it, everybody's great at different things, but Josh also has an extra chromosome. So we talked about that and they were surprised and shocked, um, you know, and then they were like, okay. And that was that. Yeah. Wow. That's really amazing. I, I, I love that it brought you guys closer together. Um, and you're now able to do so much with it. Like those children's books will help so much huh. and so many people that's so neat. Um, and do you still have any, I mean, I know you said it doesn't live in you anymore, but have you, does it ever sprout up a little fear about his future? No, about Josh. Never, never. Wow. That, you know, I'm still human, so there will be fears. Um, but what I do is I, I challenge them immediately because when you don't do that, you tend to wear them and then you wear another one, you wear another one. And before you know it, you have this big load of, of heaviness walking around with you through all of your days. So whenever mm -hmm. I'm afraid of something, anything, like we went skiing, I'm an okay skier. I don't ski enough to really ever get that comfortable, but I'm a, I'm a pretty good skier. Um, so I, I took, I take lessons every time because I, I actually love to exercise and I love exercising daily more than I do skiing. So I'm like, I'm not going to get injured here. But I remember the last time I went on the last day, we went on a higher um, mountain and, and a more difficult run. And, um, and I was scared and I, I fell a little bit and then I recovered. And when we got down, he's like, okay, great. It was that, the end of the trip, right? He's like, you know, it was really nice meeting you. And I'm like, no, let's go do it again. He said, what? And I said, no, no, let's go do it again. He said, I've never had anybody in your, like at your level who did this, want to do that again. And I said, well, if I don't, then I'm going to be afraid next time. So it's, it's about that. I think, um, you know, seeing my father uh, and my mother-in-law, I was there when they passed and I helped them um, in many ways. And I was really strong. But I think now that they're not here and the re the residue of that, you know, there's a little fear there I'm working through, but, but the point is I'm not going to let it become a fear. I'm going to, I'm still trying to find out what is it exactly that I'm uncomfortable about and why. And so again, I'm using it as an exploration and self-discovery to help me get to the next level of growth I'm meant to get to. I understand that. I see that process. I love that. Um, Kels Pooch in the booth, anything, um, that you guys are wanting to ask? You know, I guess if we kind of like, if we start to identify our fears, right? What's kind of, or what are some tools to then like go about releasing them? Okay. Um, okay. So when we have identified them, I think that again, everything's body, mind, and spirit. So I think it's really important to be able to use all parts of ourselves There's something called the Superman pose. When you're feeling like you're afraid, 
Pigs, Wonder Woman. Isn't that Wonder Woman? No, no, it's any superpower. You can be Wonder Woman, Superman, and you hold yourself upright. Your spine is straight. You're breathing more freely. You actually get the confidence um, and you feel differently. I think also be aware of your environment and how you are in different spaces. You know, are you hunched over? Is your breathing shallow? Are you feeling insecure, uncomfortable? It means that there's something there for you to look at. You should be able to be in a state where breath comes easily, where you feel really comfortable in your body. So get the indications from all aspects of your being. Meditation comes in as a big tool, breath work, and of course, um, exercise. And I think that if you start your day with, I've identified one kind of thing that I want to work on, there's something called exposure. So go and do a little bit of that and pick the best time of the day. So let's say you're afraid of driving on the freeway. Don't start driving for an hour during rush hour traffic. And I'm going to conquer this fear. That doesn't make any sense. Instead, pick a time where they're like, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock, go from one exit to the next exit. And that's it for the day. Just practice it in small ways every day. I love that. I love the Wonder yeah. Woman. We just had, um, we re-ran Amy Cuddy. Amy Cuddy, exactly. And I think that that's, it's such a good tool. Such mm-hmm. a good tool. I know Pooch had one too. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering what happens when we ignore fear. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit sick. <laughs> I'll feel better. Um, I, I recommend never ignoring fear because it's, you know, it's like those things that we keep secret. We leave them in the dark. They just grow and grow and they have a hold on us. Um, so why leave fear unaddressed? What's why? Like for me, that doesn't even seem like a, a choice really. Like that's not even an option because if you have a fear, great. What an opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. what is it that really scares you? And if you use that, the, the thing we talked about at the beginning, you know, rate your fears, write down three of the greatest fears you have. And I suggest for your listeners to do this and um, write them down in detail. The ones that really you wake up with that go with you day to day. And then next to it, write down real healthy or illogical. Now you might need my help or my book. You can get to really help you make sure that you're right with the answer. But most people put them in the wrong order. They think they're not illogical when in fact, most all of them happen to be. And then once you look at that, you're like, okay, so I understand that this is completely something I can get over. And even if it was a real fear or you you could still transform it. So I think it's just look at the things that scare you. Do not be afraid. There's nothing. I mean, nothing's going to feel worse than you feel right now. Pooja, do you have a fear that you've been ignoring? I'm sure there is one. <laughs> Maybe when um when I'm more in the moment, I, I'll I'll think about it. But um, but yeah, I was just wondering in general because I mean we all have fears, and but you can't even really ignore fear, right? You you yeah, can uh, you can do nothing about it. But believe me, it's the one thing that you're thinking about every day, and that's mm-hmm. why that's very ineffective. Because or maybe not voicing it because you're scared or embarrassed to voice it. Maybe that's what you're saying, Kuj. Yeah, I think that's probably more what it is. Like when you just you want to push it down push so it down, bad, yeah, but so as we know, it. yeah, mm-hmm. like it'll always find a way to present itself. Or you're scared of the repercussions, you know, if you do speak. Right. Well, I love all of that. That's why I really like workshopping with people because I don't think there's any scenario where it would ever make sense. And I think it's just choosing which kind of 
world you want to live in and what kind of life you want to live. I lived the first part of my life really caring what people thought about me and trying to fit in and belong and make other people happy. And I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. And then I decided, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll starve myself to death. When I realized that that's not the best thing to do. I had to really start to raise the volume of my own desires. And part of that is it's, is sharing even the things that you're not so proud of. And in doing that, I really started to choose myself over others. And that was a game changer. So that sounds like the work we were doing with um, Judy Wilkins Smith yesterday from about going big, right? Not playing small anymore. So as you went from small to big, what changed? I mean, did you, did relationships change in your life? You know what the, the main thing that changed? I really felt comfortable in my own skin because, you know, I try to make myself small to make other people feel bigger. And those people actually kind of demanded that of me in a polite kind of way. Right. But yes. And I woke up, I started waking up depressed most days, which is not like me. And I thought, wait a second, this is not worth it. And by the way, no matter what I did, it didn't work. I was damned if I did, I was damned if I didn't. And so I just thought, okay, you know what? Haters are going to hate. People will always say bad things. Um, when you're trying to affect change in your life and others and do great things, you're going to have more people paying attention to you, criticizing you. And it just goes with the territory. So I realized it was an impossibility to be perfect and to try to please. And I just decided I'm not living my life anymore like that. I chose me. And in choosing me, it was just, you know, a freedom. Again, all of this, all of this stuff came along with it. And change, there's great power, freedom, flexibility fearlessness, sisterhood. By the way, when you choose you, you're become a kinder person. You actually become a sister to many other people because you want that for them. It just changes everything. It's living an authentic life. Yeah. I think a lot of us are afraid it'll be lonelier. And it was funny between my husband and even Judy yesterday, like, no, 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 more people want to be around you because you are really living your authentic self, trying to cover it and hide it and mask it. And you know, shape shift for everybody around you isn't you being really you. No, it's you being them. How boring yeah. is that, right? Oh my God, I'm so over it. <laughs> um, Monica, this has been amazing. I'm really, really grateful that um, you are on this week along with Judy and on the tail of uh, our Dr. Joe Dispenza week because we've been doing a lot of this work and I know the Hill Squad's going to really resonate with this episode and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing everything. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our talk. Wow. That was uh, pretty amazing as well. Another great episode. Seriously, a lot in there. Right? A lot. I liked um, kind of how you went on it too. I really liked learning like through her and like her journey and like with her Mm -hmm. son. Um, I always think that sometimes it's like, when someone has so much knowledge, right. It's like hard to take it all in, but when you learn it through like a story or an experience, it's easier to digest. So I really, Mm -hmm. I really liked that. And I want to listen to this one again, because I feel like there was just a lot of really good stuff in there. And I loved life quake too. I wrote that down. I was like, yeah, it's always about the story, right? Because otherwise it's just advice and it's just information. That's why I share so much of myself on this show because that's how I know I learn best. And I think overall, we all learn best by seeing examples, right? You yeah. see it, you can be it, um, and you can apply it so much easier. 
whatever it is. Agreed. Um, but I think, uh, I think fear is a huge thing for a lot of us and illogical fear, like she said. And that was a big thing with Dr. Joe that I was able to let go of, where I was like, oh my God, I'm stressing about things that I do not need to stress about. Like I was saying with Judy yesterday, I've been stressed about money <laughs> my whole life. I don't need to be stressed about <laughs> right. it because I work really, really hard right. and it's not the same scenario. And that's where I think that generational kind of stuff, the traumas and the blueprints are so important to understand because those were my parents' struggles and issues. And yes, I was a part of them because I lived that life of struggle with them. Um, but they set up a path for me to not have those same struggles. And yes, like, you know, we're always going to have you know, situations and scenarios where like, oh gosh, you know, we can't do everything we want or whatever, but we don't have to live in the scarcity that isn't ours. And, um, and we have to be able to look at things a little bit more practically and, and less from fear. And, you know, and just, again, the reinforcement of the like living big, uh, and, taking stock of the people you have around you and realizing, am I able to be the full expression of myself around these people? Right? Like, I'm not afraid of you when you're big Kelsey and you're happy, go lucky self. I love it. I think it's amazing. Right? Yeah. But maybe there are people in your life who try to dim that because they can't handle it or they don't like it. Right. That was what I was so attracted about with you. I was like, oh my God, she's just light. This is amazing. I want that around me every day. And, and, you know, you just have to kind of look around and am I having to, to dim myself? Right. Is this person getting jelly if I look good around them? Um, or if, if I am sharing an accomplishment, are they happy for me? Or do I feel some kind of weird tension? And you just have to trust it. And unfortunately, yeah, we're going to have to shake those trees sometimes of the apples that went bad. Maybe they were good for a while, uh, but maybe they just aren't, you know, aren't okay anymore. Yeah. I think that's a good point too. It's like relationships, like you've been talking about things, like things evolve and things change, right? It's like at one point they served, uh, they, they served for the time, but mm -hmm. you know, it's like, then you do, you do have to reevaluate. And I think that like, we're so used to playing small, like we're so used to fitting in these boxes because that's what makes us, you know, not stand out and not be heard and all this, but it's like, mm -hmm. what's the point of that? Like, Ooh, it eats you up inside. So yeah, I think got all of this. I mean, this whole week, it's, it's all so good. Like, I feel like, well, yeah, if so you much. stand out, you might get hurt. And mm -hmm. that's where I feel like for so long, I'm like, let me just stay in my turtle shell. That's what I always said. Let me just stay in my turtle shell. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just over here. Just let me stay in the turtle shell. <laughs> Don't please don't hurt me. I've had enough, but it's not for me. I know not what I'm meant to do. And I don't think any of us are meant to do it, to be honest. So, um, we have to be around people who see us and lift us and love us and want the best for us. And by the way, sometimes that comes with, you know, uh, tough advice you don't want to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Kevin's always giving me tough criticisms and advice, but why not? Cause he's knocking me down. It's because he wants to lift me up. He wants me right. to go Would and reach my better? fullest and mm -hmm. highest potentials. Right. 
Um, and that's what I do with people around me too. It's like, it's for you and your life. Um, and you know, I've gone through so much and experienced so much that I do have so much to share at this point. Absolutely. No, it's so good. I think, well, we all need it. We, and we also, all, we, I don't know, everyone, everyone needs someone who, if you're all, if you always have people around you who are like, you're amazing. <laughs> like so you don't grow that way. So yeah, I think that we all need the, the tough, you know, the, the tough love and the, the advice and I don't know all of it. And so I think the thing with, um, kind of like what Monica was saying with the fear stuff. And I liked when Pooja asked that at the end too, because I think, I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe we can ignore fear, but she's like, you like, you can't ignore it. Like it's, it's there. And so, well, it wouldn't be there. You wouldn't know it if it wasn't there. Right. Right. That's right. why I think she said you can't ignore it. Mm -hmm. But I think there are fears that we don't want to express because we're embarrassed. Oh yeah, definitely. Right. Um, Ashamed of it. Yeah. So I think that that's a thing for sure, but I think this is such a challenge for all of us. And I think I'll issue the challenge now is, is really start to look at how you've dimmed yourself and why, and around who make that list. And then let's see what happens when you are your full expression of yourself around them. Right. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> yeah, and what then, happens exactly. <laughs> And then you'll kind of know if you didn't for sure know before, here's the litmus test, <laughs> test it out. And now, you know, and then you can slowly distance yourself and find the people that are going to be able to hold that light. Right. And, um, and see you and respect you and appreciate you. And, and it might take a minute. Um, but Kevin always tells me, he's like, you don't need anybody. It's like, all you need is you. And it's true. Everything that we need is inside of us already. Um, and I do believe Judy, when she says we will be attracting all the right people, the second we start kind of filling those shoes in, in a real way. I agree. So very cool week, really, really excited. Um, and, uh, thank you all for being on this journey as always with us. This is what we do every single day. If you go to mariamenunos.com, we have the life hacks blogs and what those blogs are, are the breakdown of these episodes so that you have everything that we deemed kind of the aha moments and the big takeaways. So what I like about it is like, maybe you print it out, take a picture of it, keep it in your, you know, iPhone folder as like your breakthroughs, um, from the episodes that you love things you want to go back and look at when you're on the train and you're bored and you want to go back into your work. Um, go check those out. In the meantime, also, uh, we have other things on there, like our shop page <laughs> to entice you, uh, Love the, shop the, page. the Ilya eyebrow stuff. Kelsey has the picture of it. It's blonde and it's bomb. And so it's on our shop page officially, or it's about to be what's yep. It is now mm -hmm. the tinted brows. Yep. I think this might be my favorite brow product of life. <laughs> I love that. So, I was shocked that it was blonde, but uh, yeah, well, I don't like anything dark. So, cause it just is too much on the brow. So this is just a hint of, of color. And so you don't have to do all the painting it, the, you know, the penciling in and stuff and the preciseness of it. Just kind of follow your brow. I love it. The other cool Anyhow, thing friends, I want to say what? quickly on the website that I'm excited about is we have yeah. a search bar on there now, you guys. So if like, 
I don't know, you go, you're looking for a blog on relationships and you can't find it. You're like having to scroll. You can go to the top and there's a search bar now. So I'm stoked about that because I think that that's going to be massively helpful. So, oh yeah, just so, so good. All right, friends, that's it for us today. Uh, You know the drill, be nice people, make good choices and be present. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends, and if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you, and Finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heal squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.